So my wife is going to help me translate what I'm trying to communicate to the young people so they do not feel left out. My wife is the family whisperer, amen? And, and she has a way of getting through to family. So we're going to tag team the message this morning. I'm just going to share from our hearts. Uh, and really, uh, what we're going to share this morning is uh, what we believe is our wish for you uh, this Christmas. Uh, not just our wish for you this Christmas, but we believe that it's also God's wish uh, for you this Christmas. Uh, there are several signs uh, that the scripture reminds us would be uh, the signs of Jesus coming. And we're in the season of Advent. Advent is a time of expectation uh, when we look expectantly uh, to the appearance and the coming of Jesus, which happened about 2,000 years ago. We're still in that season of Advent and we're looking expectantly uh, to the Lord's return again. Uh, but in the season of Advent, uh, we're reminded of a couple of sequences that occurred leading up to the birth of Jesus. Uh, this is what the scripture says in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, uh, what the signs would be of the Savior's birth. It says, and you will find a babe who will be wrapped in swaddling cloths. And, and, and the scripture declares that the angels cried out, glory to God in the highest. And this is what they said, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. Uh, our prayer, which we also believe is God's desire for each of us this morning, is that in the midst of the hustle and bustle, the busyness, and the activity of Christmas, that we will exchange life's pressures for the Lord's peace. Are y'all with me this morning? And so to this morning, we just want to talk a little bit about how we, how you can access the peace of God which Jesus promised, which is also available to each of us today. How many could just use a little bit of peace in their heart, in their mind, in their home? Uh, this is what I love about Jesus, right? Uh, uh, another announcement was made uh, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, and it's captured, it's recorded in Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It speaks of the names that he would carry. And the scripture says uh, that unto us a son is born and unto us a child is given. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Everlasting Father, Mighty God, but also Prince of Peace. Uh, what that means is the peace that we all desire to experience is found in him. And so this morning, we're going to discover from God's word how we can access and experience the peace of God in the midst of life's pressures because Jesus is, in fact, our Prince of Peace. And I, I do, as, as Ray said, want to be able to speak to the young people and specifically our teenagers. Um, and when we speak of you, when you, you may think, okay, the Prince of Peace, what does it mean for me to have peace? Sometimes many of you will go through conflict at school, in relationships, conflict at home. And there are many times that maybe your stomach might flip about something or you really can't uh, sleep or you might be grumpy about a circumstance or you just feel like the world is caving in. Well, that is the opposite of peace. Mm. When all that chaos is rumbling around on the inside of you, you're having trouble thinking straight. Sometimes 
it, it may be even a little more difficult to manage your emotions and your behavior. But when we say that Jesus is the Prince of Peace, what we're saying is that, you know, Prince is related to the King. That means that he is the authority of peace. So say if you're in a situation at school and people have teased you or you've been rejected, that's a time when you can stop and you can just say, Jesus, I choose to believe that you're going to work this out. And saying that and believing it, even though you may not feel it physically, that's where the start is to grab the peace of God. Is Even you may feel rejected and alone, but the word says, I would never leave you or forsake you. So I had a situation when I was in high school. Someone had uh, used the girls' restroom uh, in the locker room, and it was not a good situation. I forgot my softball mitt. I went back to get it, and when I came out, there was a girl that says, Oh, Wendy stunk up the whole bathroom. <laughs> and so can you imagine being in ninth grade going to softball practice, and the whole team is like, Oh, you should have waited till you got home. Oh, I can't believe it. And just that level of rejection, that just kind of bombardment walking out of the locker room. Right. And then to make it worse, it wasn't even true. Mm. And there's no defense. What I do believe is the girl who sunk up the bathroom was the one who called my name out about it. But <laughs> I don't have any proof, and that's been over 30 years ago. So, <laughs> But in that moment, I still remember that. In that moment, I had to remember the one scripture I had remembered in, in youth, it was Ecclesiastes 12, 1 and 2. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth when the evil days come not. And that was an evil day for me. I had to remember my creator. And I had to say to myself, Jesus, you love me. And I was out. I played, you know, field ball. So it was even more lonely. Had big old glasses on, playing softball, got hit that day. I felt so lonely and rejected, mm. but I just remembered what I had learned in Sunday school. God, you are with me and you love me. And that day for softball practice, that's all I had, my mitt and my Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And so when, you, when we speak of the Prince of Peace, I haven't always drawn on that, though. That was one circumstance. There have been so many other times when I've just given in to emotion and been afraid and been angry and not run to Jesus. But in this season, when we speak of the Prince of Peace, we want you to know that you're never alone. So good. We don't have anybody saying, oh, you stung up the bathroom as adults, but we can be rejected. We can be rejected by family members. We can be rejected by coworkers. We can be rejected by somebody at the gym, mm -hmm. in relationships, uh, even looking for a job. You can feel rejected. Yeah. You could be shopping and someone not help you, and you can feel rejected. There's so many opportunities, whether you're small or whether you're older, to feel that rejection, to feel that emptiness, that loneliness. Yeah. But Jesus can be our peace. We just so have to good. push access on it. So good. And let me just piggyback off of what Wendy just said. Because ultimately, we have to realize, have to recognize that peace is a choice that's not dependent on our circumstances. Most of us say, if my circumstances are ideal, then I'll have peace, then I'll be happy. But here's the truth this morning, City Church. Peace is, first of all, an internal decision before it is an external reality. Uh, I'll say that again. If you don't have peace on the inside, nothing that happens externally is going to change what you're experiencing internally. 
So if we're going to access the peace of God that's available to each of us, we have to decide, regardless of the circumstances, I choose peace. Now notice what Jesus, uh, or what the scriptures promise in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3. The scripture says that God will keep him or her in perfect peace, whose mind is fixed on him. Notice that if I fix my mind on Jesus, not my circumstances, he will keep me in perfect peace. You know why that's important this morning, City Church, and all of our guests and family and friends visiting? It's important because our lives will always move in the direction of our most dominant thought. And if I choose to look at the circumstances, what may have happened, may have happened to me 30 years ago, it will steal my peace, and it will rob me of my peace. Jesus teaches us that regardless of our circumstances, regardless of what's happening around us, we can choose to have peace on the inside of us. Jesus said it this way, in this world, you will have trouble. In this world, you will have stress, you will have issues, you will experience pressures, but in me, you will find peace. And so sometimes we live under the illusion that peace is the absence of trouble when the opposite is really true, that I can experience peace in the midst of trouble because of the choices that I make. Notice, notice in Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, the the scripture says, I will keep him or her in perfect peace. Not just ordinary peace, but perfect peace. That word or those words translated perfect peace in the Hebrew are shalom, shalom. And every time a word is repeated in the Hebrew, it is for emphasis. Can I tell you what the word peace means? It transcends what we often think about peace because we always think that peace is tranquility and ease. The word peace or that phrase, perfect peace, shalom, shalom, means three things. Nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken. That is a beautiful promise for each of us this morning, that when we choose peace, the peace of God will restore everything that was missing, everything that was broken, everything that was lacking. But Jesus says the way we do that is we turn our eyes away from our circumstances and fix our attention on him because he will keep that man, that woman in perfect peace if we choose to move our our gaze and our focus away from what is bothering us to the one who can fix everything that we're struggling with. This Christmas season, choose peace. I'm gonna let you jump in. I see, I see you got that double dutch. You about to, let me, I'll let you jump in. No, what I'll it let is, is I've been standing on this foot right here, and I'm a homeschool mom, so I'm not really in heels. So I just keep <laughs> shifting the weight so my toes don't go get numb. <laughs> but these were so cute, and they were on sale, so we just, we'll take a little numb pinky toe for right. Jesus' birthday. Come on. <laughs> Suffering for Jesus in high heels. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so check this out. Check this out. Check this out. The second reason choosing peace is critical is because you should never give anyone 
that much control over your emotions. That if you treat me right, then I'm going to be happy. If you treat me wrong, then I'm going to be sad. When the power to choose, your emotions rest entirely with you because it's never about what happened to you. It's about what happens in you. Because peace is, first of all, an internal decision before it is an external reality. Don't give anybody that level of control. Like, you're like, I'm at the Christmas party in my ugly sweater. And all of a sudden, here come Carmelita. I was having fun at the party. I'm talking about if you're a lady. And all of a sudden, Carmelita walk in. Yeah, because Carmelita will recognize if Carmelita is visiting you at the Christmas party, we're going to take these shoes off and have a little talk with Carmelita on, Come on uh, somebody. Christmas Sunday. Anyway, make it right. So if I'm a woman at the right. Christmas party, if you're and a Carmelita, woman at the Christmas party. All righty. Thank you, Pastor. Right. If you're a woman at the Christmas party and you got beef with Carmelita, you were having fun sipping on your apple cider, right? Eating uh, cucumber sandwiches. Cucumber sandwiches Sam, I said sandwiches. Cucumber sandwiches with, the, with the, the crust cut off. And all of a sudden, Carmelita walk in and your joy goes out the door. You should never give anyone that kind of power where the thermostat of your emotions are controlled by somebody else pushing the buttons. Peace is a choice. Choose peace in the midst of the struggles and the challenges and the turbulence and the turmoil. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble, but you can still choose peace. And I think it can be difficult because we are in such a rewards and punishment type culture. If you do good by world standards, then you're rewarded. And if you're not good, then the reward is withheld from you. And I think it just takes effort for us to constantly shift our thinking. That is not how God operates. And even in, in Luke, it, we see in the first chapter, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary and said, you're gonna be the mother of the Messiah, and you preached on this a couple weeks ago, she was highly favored, but that favor in God caused her rejection. Yeah. It caused her loneliness. Yeah. It even caused a little shame because it said that Joseph was thinking about how he could just put her away quietly mm. because they had not uh, come together. And she's like, how can this be? And so sometimes we think, okay, well, if I am good, then good is going to happen to me. Mary was highly favored. Yeah. She's impregnated. And it looks like Mary's been doing something she didn't have any business to do. And it was the business doing, but it was the favor of God all along. And it didn't just get easy. I'm sure. Can you imagine being at the Christmas party? Right. And they're like, Mary, you and Joseph aren't even married yet. Right. And she's like, oh, the angel of the Lord came to me. Like, and this is how it is. Right. It actually says that Mary went to her cousin Elizabeth and yeah. stayed three months. Yeah. That's how, that's what the favor of God looked like for her. Yeah. So let us shift our thinking. God's favor doesn't always come in a nice little package, in a great circumstance, in a conflict-free relationship. Sometimes God's favor is on the other. His favor is with you 
all the way, but the peace that we're seeking is on the other side of working the conflict out. It's on the other side of going through that uh, difficult diagnosis. It's on the other side of fighting life through saying, God, I don't know what's happened, but I know you love me and I know you're real. And you can even ask him. So I grew up in a church where we were taught you can't ask God questions. That was disrespectful. That is not the example. Even Jesus said, why? Yeah. I know I have to go through this, but why is it so hard? You can ask God, why is this happening? Yeah. And then in, in seeking for peace, I think sometimes it's hard to wrap around. If I'm going through a difficult circumstances, if you're built like me and you really believe in taking personal responsibility, you can search and claw. What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? It must be me. It's something wrong with me. Yeah. I'm bad. I'm bad. How could I be so? And we beat ourselves up. And that is not what God is saying. And that is not it. We had a, 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 an opportunity to speak at Nia's uh, school the other day for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we just did a, a lesson with the girls, and it was, he loves me, he loves me not. We had some, some daisies. And so even though I have these daisies out, I'm making a mess all over the floor because they were fresh daisies. And I was able to use the example. I said, now, what did you girls do to make have this mess all over the floor? I used about four flowers. And they were like, nothing. And I said, but when I get ready to go home tonight, the expectation is you got to clean it up. I came in, I made the mess, but I'm going home. And it's like that in life. Sometimes all you have to do is show up and there's a mess at your feet. Somebody else is making that mess and then they just move on to go make a mess someplace else. And they leave you with all of that to clean up. Mm. And you'll search, what did I do wrong? Why is this happening to me? God doesn't love me. No, 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 no. That's not, oh, that's from the Get Out movie. No, 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 (laughs) no. I'm acting like Pastor Ray. That is not. <laughs> okay. Yep. And so though sometimes life happens. We have seasons and they're very, very messy. And sometimes we can we will lose peace because we have to have an answer. And if we don't have that answer, then I must be the common denominator. You know how you hear that. Well, the common denominator in the situation is you. But you have to go to your what is true list. Come on. What is true is that I am loved. Yes. Even if you did make the mess, what is true is that you are loved. What is true is that if you open your eyes in the morning and you've got breath in your body, you get another chance. What is true is that Jesus loves you with an everlasting love that was not contingent on your behavior and being a good person. He said, I loved you when you were afar off. So sometimes we don't do bobbing for apples now because of allergies and grossness, but we used to bob for apples when I, in the fall, when I was coming up. (laughs) Sometimes you got to grab peace just like that. Life will be sometimes... They have that apple hanging on the string and you'd be getting hit in the eye and the nose, but you were determined. I'm going to put my teeth in an apple today. Come on. You've got to be determined. I'm going to grab me some peace today, and this week, this it. month. I'm not going to allow anybody to steal my peace. And people can be in your ear. They could be in your face. They could be in your house. Yeah. And you have to just say, nope, I'm just going to lift your eyebrows up. You know, we learned that here at City Church. If you're a guest, if you just keep your eyebrows down, that might make you say a potty word. <laughs> and if you want to say what, you might say what, and then just bam, just mess something up. But if you get your eyebrows up, you won't say what like that. You'll say, oh, 
and you can't say what if your eyebrows are as high as they can go you can't say what like what in the potty word come out i mean it just is it's just like almost physically dynamically impossible so keep your eyebrows up and your lip gloss on for guys chapstick come on, and you somebody. just refuse just say i choose peace you have to say that to yourself i choose peace i am loved absolutely let me jump in no 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 you can't jump in because i want to finish this part i see what? you double dutching let me jump in, double dutch on this one. Check this out. Did you notice that when she was teaching these young girls, uh, he loves me, he loves me not? Notice how the mess was made. The mess was made when she vacillated between whether God loved her or not. Most of us make a mess of our lives because when life is good, God loves me. When life is bad, he loves me not. And we make a mess of our lives, dropping petals all over the floor because our emotions drift with our circumstances, not our choices. Emotions don't have a brain and they will lie. Right. You got to remember that. Even you young people, your emotions will lie to you. Sometimes you, I, I had a situation uh, the other day, and I just, I just, you know, just like a, the doorbell ringing. Sometimes, if you are having conflict, it could just make your whole stomach flip. And just, just the doorbell ringing, or the phone ringing, or the knock at the door, it could just make everything just go topsy turvy. And then you have to remind your body, mm mm, mm mm. You just calm down. How you calm down when your senses are overloaded like that? And I learned this: you have to take a deep breath in your nose and let it out through your mouth. Not just, you have to really, as far as you can go, to get your body lined back up in peace. Take it in through your nose and out through your mouth. Like ugly out, not even just, <laughs> you just have to, you might have to do that three or four times yes. to get that in, to get your, because your senses will go off like alarms. It's like the squirrel on right. over the hedge, just all over the place and you have to tell you have to be in control sometimes people we one of the girls were saying oh sometimes I'm out of control I just act like a wild monkey and that you know monkey is my word I said well be careful with that because monkeys turn into baboons turn into gorillas and it's not cute so you don't say you made me mad nobody can make you mad you can choose to be mad and anger is a healthy response to something being done wrong, but in that anger, what you do, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. So when our emotions and our circumstances are, rah, rah, they're mad at you, they don't like you, they talked about you, look at how she looked at you, she just walked by. When all those things go on, you just have to take a cleansing breath, like I choose peace. Absolutely. And then we have to just use some maturity. If Nia walked by me and didn't speak, I can go home and be mad from this Sunday to next Sunday. And for what? If me speaking with... Nia, is that important to me? I need to say, hey, Nia, how you doing, girl? And then if she walked off and rolled her eyes, then I have to meet her out on Bishop. But until she does that, <laughs> hey, we, have to, we have to exercise. Check See, that's why up. I didn't want to speak with you, because I know we both be trying to say some good stuff. No, your stuff was good. I just wanted to come in on the end of it. Okay. Can I do that? Yeah. Yes, my it king. It sounded, I, I was waiting for that pause. I was waiting for that pause, and he gave me that pause, so I had to jump in before you started again. All right, so, so check this out. Here's why this is critically important, choosing peace. Let me tell you why it's another reason it is important. It's because the more emotional you are, the less rational you become. 
You can't feel on a toxic level and make decisions on a rational level. Can't happen. You cannot be highly emotional and highly rational simultaneously. So the more emotional you are, the less rational you become. And our lives get messy often because we choose the wrong emotions. You can choose peace. You can choose peace in the midst of everything that is imperfect in your life right now. Let me, let me, transition, let me transition to number two. Let me transition to number two, all right? You can choose peace. But number two is, especially in this holiday season, be yourself. You will never be more at peace than when you are your authentic self and not pretending to be someone else or not trying to live up to someone's expectations this holiday season. For those of you who are hosting Christmas parties, there is pressure to put on a facade. There is pressure to do things that you know will stretch you. There are, there's pressure to, 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 to be nice to people that you're struggling being nice to. During this holiday season, let me tell you one of the ways you can be most at peace. Be your self. Be your best self. Not your right, right, thank ghetto you, lower basement self. Right, be your yeah, best that, self. This is not a license to just go off on somebody. Be your now, best self. Be your best self. Now, why is that important? Why is that important? Check it out. God had a plan for you and God had a purpose for you long before anybody had an opinion of you. God created you the way he created you. He formed you and fashioned you the way he did with your quirks, with your idiosyncrasies, with your shortcomings, your flaws, whatever people might have called it, long before any of the people you're trying to please had an opinion about you. So be yourself. Be your best self. One of the things we do around my house is uh, we haven't quite gotten around, we haven't made it to like the 25 days of Christmas, like 25 movies in 25 days. But one of the movies we watch is Sound of Music, y'all. So we just watched it recently, and I was like, there is a Christmas message in this movie. Uh -uh, let me break it down for you. Maria was a sort of a nun in training. But she was unlike any of the other nuns. She was most happy, not when she was in a habit, in a convent, doing what everybody else did. Maria's happy place was singing songs in a meadow somewhere away from the convent. And most of us submit our lives to a convent because we're trying to fit in when God created each of us to stand out. Maria could have had on a habit and conformed to the daily rituals of the convent, but she would have lived a miserable life. And I wonder how many of us live miserable lives. Henry David Thoreau said, quiet lives of desperation, or lives of quiet desperation, because we're trying to fit in when God has created us to stand out. When she comes to, to, to Mother Superior, when she comes to Mother Superior, 
and mother, no, they didn't know what to do with her. And so they're about to kick her out of the convent, right? They think they're getting rid of her because she doesn't fit in. But how many of you realize that sometimes man's rejection is God's redirection? That's why you have to choose peace now. Because if you get fixated on the fact that you were kicked out of the convent, you will miss what God is doing because he's bringing you into your destiny because he created you not to spend your years in a convent, but to marry Captain Von Trapp. And sometimes we wallow in regret over somebody who kicked us out, somebody who rejected us. When their rejection was God's way of moving you from where you were into the place of your prophetic promise. How did she get there? She got there by not fitting in. Can I help you this, this, this Christmas? Maybe the way you experience peace is to finally be yourself and like Will Smith in concussion, tell the truth. <laughs> tell the truth. Tell the truth. You know why? Oh boy. Can I can I tell you? Can I, can I how do I say this? What if what if what if this is the year you finally tell your mother-in-law, don't send me another fruitcake. I've been lying this whole time. I've been telling you how much I enjoy them and eat them. Don't send another fruitcake to this house. I don't care if it's Harry or David. Maybe this is the year when you finally speak up and tell the truth about how you really feel because you will never be more at peace in your life than when you are your authentic self. Not who you pretend to be, not who everyone else thinks you should be, not the person you wish you were, but the me, the you that God created you to be. And it's okay, y'all. If you don't fit in at the convent, you have a place at the table with the Von Trapps. Most of us, most of us, and I wish I could take credit for this, but it's Zig Ziglar. He said, most of us climb the ladder of success only to find that it's leaning against the wrong building. Most of us devote our lives and our energies to things that when we finally get them, bring no peace. Can I help you this, this, this Sunday morning? Number one, peace is a choice. But number two, you will never experience peace if you're trying to be something or someone that God did not create you to be. Be yourself. And we have a good example of that here. I'm gonna, I didn't get permission, but I'm going to use her. And I saw Cree. We're, yeah, Cree was on track because she's brilliant. Dominique has brilliant girls to be a lawyer. But the whole time Cree was in high school, guess what she was doing? Everybody's hair. Doing makeup. People are hiring her for weddings and big events. And she went to school. She's just going to she's gonna do this law thing. And the whole time her gifting, her ministry, is in cosmetics, in beauty. And so she went to school, and Dominique recognized that and just encouraged her. Because as a mom, you're thinking, yes, lawyer. But as a mom, she recognized her gift. And so now she is in school. Are you at Tony and Guy? 
She's at Tony and Guy. Yeah. She's getting certified in cosmetology. And then she's going to perfect that natural born skill that's in her. She could have gone to law school and been a phenomenal lawyer. But instead of negotiating laws and bills and whatever else, she can negotiate prices for buildings and just get other stylists and, and be a teacher. And it's so much. And then just bring peace. When women go get their hair done, they need peace. They don't need to be in a salon where there's a lot of gossip and all of that. And so the world may say lawyer, cosmetologist, but that is her natural gifting. And she's happy. Sometimes I'll say, oh, Cree, can you do this? Can you do my hair? She's like, I can't miss class. I'm going to be in class. I'll work it out even if I have to. I, she did Nia's hair, and I think it was at, I dropped her off at like 10 o'clock at night because she worked us in after class. But that is her being her authentic self. She could have just made money on the side to pay for school. Because if you can do hair in school, you can make some good money. But becoming her authentic self was to say, hey, let me step back. Let me be who I am called to be, so and good. I'm going to do this. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Very good, very good. And we're extremely proud of you. Well, let me use a millennial word. We're super proud of you, girl. Super proud, super. So check this out, y'all. Super proud, really. Millennial word, you a boss. Not a worker. Making money moves. Money, money moves. All right, so uh, what was I talking about? What was I talking about? Okay, I'm about to, peace, be your authentic self. So, so uh, we're about to wrap it up. This is a, everybody who goes to City Church knows that that is my first closing of many. Uh, but we're, we're about to wrap it up for reals, for reals. Nacho Libre, for reals. Uh, number one, we said uh, choose peace. Number two, we said be yourself. You're not going to be at peace being somebody else because that person's already taken. If you try to be somebody else, the best you can ever be is second. Uh, because you were born an original, don't die a copy. Hey, just uh, don't no, pause. I just had to, don't lose it. I went to a Carolyn Leaf conference just on the first weekend, and she actually says that being somebody else, she just wrote a book called The Perfect You, being somebody else actually causes brain damage to a certain extent is because it is like you are forcing yourself to go against the grain. Right. Don't go quit your job on Monday. Tomorrow, you don't just go in and say, Pastor said, be myself. I want to be a soap maker, but I'm an executive, so I that, quit. No, we are not saying that. Not there's a saying. process to being your authentic self. Yes, there is a <laughs> and process. So, but she said that it actually, it will actually do some damage because you are forcing neural pathways to go in a way that they, it, it, it's not naturally, it wasn't right. meant to go. No, absolutely. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. We encourage you. In fact, Carolyn Leaf, phenomenal writer, uh, medical professional, and she deals in the working of the brain. Incredible, incredible research and facts. So number three, and this is where we close. <clears throat> number three, this is where we close. Sound of music. Sound of music. Don't confuse order with peace. So, so, so Maria shows up with her guitar to the Von Trapp house. And Captain Von Trapp comes out, and he's about to introduce the children to Maria. And, and this is what he does. He, he blows his whistle. Every child has their own specific whistle, their own specific command. And his house is in order. 
There's a certain way that they eat at the table. And when, when Maria tries to speak up, he looks at us, looks at her with scorn. Because in Captain Von Trapp's life, there is lots of order, but no peace. Let me tell you what order is about for those of us who are control freaks. Because order, which sometimes masquerades as peace, is about what we can control. And when life doesn't turn out the way I planned it, I resort to and I default to the things that I control. Captain Von Trapp is a military man, and he loses his wife, and he has six kids. And in order to bring stability to his life, he enforces order, but he has no peace. And notice what happens when, when Maria takes the kids out, takes the kids out, uh, 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 and, and they come back on the boat, right? And, and she makes clothes out of drapes, and, 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 and Captain Von Trapp comes back, and they have this beat-up, beat-out argument. And she confronts him. And guess what happens? While he's being all proper, and this military man, guess what happens? He hears the children singing. And Captain Von Trapp is enraptured by the children singing once again. And it draws him back to the house. And he too begins to sing again. And he realizes that even though everything in his house was regimented and disciplined and the, just the way he wanted it, there was something on the inside that was missing. Can I submit to you this morning, City Church, that maybe we are confusing order for peace? And if everything is going my way, and if all the, my ducks are in row, in the right row or in the right order, that maybe I can appear externally to have peace, but what I really have is just order. And that order is really a facade for the emotions I'm unwilling to engage because life at one point became too painful. And so instead of going there in my emotions, I'm going to make my life very regimented so I don't feel again. I'm talking to you about feeling again. I'm talking to you about feeling again. You know how Captain Von Trapp got there? He got there because of a confrontation. Maria Van Trapp stood, uh, Maria, before she married him, stood flat-footed and got in his face and told him exactly where he was missing the mark with his children. And he said, all this stuff is fake. And until you, you get in touch and you allow yourself to feel again, you will forfeit the best part of your life, and that is your relationship with your children. I promise you, I'm about to close. I'm about to close. Every one of us, every one of us needs a Maria in our lives who will get in our face and help us find peace again. And sometimes that peace requires disruption of order of the things that we can control on our terms like it happened for Captain Von Trapp. Let me tell you why that's important. Levi, come. Levi, come. This is my mini-me, Levi, a.k.a. Levi Legend. All right? 
Uh, does Levi kind of look like his dad? Oh, he said he doesn't, he doesn't have a beard. Right, right. But if I shave my beard, would Levi look like me? No. Okay. What do you think about like me if I could do this? <laughs> All right. He's a ham. There's a reason I'm, I brought Levi up here. Notice what the scripture says. Matthew chapter 5. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. I want you to hear that again. Jesus said it this way. He says, you are blessed if you choose to be a peacemaker because you will be called a son of God. Can I say it this way? You and I look more like God. We look more like his offspring. We look more like his sons and his daughters when we choose to be peacemakers. Now, I want you to pretend for a moment. Go to your mom. This is good. Go to your mom for a second. <laughs> I want you all to pretend for a second uh, uh, that you're on the 150th episode of Maury Povich, Is He Your Baby Daddy? And I just want you to just indulge me. Just indulge me for a second. Indulge me for a second, right? I just, just pretend you're part of that Maury Povich audience. I just want you to say, Maury, Maury. No, no, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. No, no, check this out. What Jesus was saying is if you and I were subjected to a paternity test as Christians, one of the things that should come up in our DNA is that we are peacemakers. <clears throat> that we are peacemakers. Not just peaceful. We are peacemakers. And if you've been at City Church for any amount of time, you have heard me share the line from first night Sean Connery plays King Arthur. Right? And he says, sometimes peace is found on the other side of war. Sometimes the only way to get to peace is to fight for it. And that's what peacemakers are. And that's what Maria was. And she looks at Captain Von Trapp and you said, you've got a perfect orderly life. But you ain't got no peace. And I will confront you face to face so that you can experience what you need most, but you're unwilling to confront. Are you a peacemaker? And listen to it, listen to it. But most of us want peace, but we want somebody else to take the first step. No. We look like Jesus when we choose to be the peacemakers. I will come to you to make peace. And Maria told the truth. She did not tell him off. See, Yeesh. Lisa Turkhurst said, Good. we usually get an A for effort, but it's our approach that messes us up. 
And so her confrontation, it was very heated. It was very strong. It was costing her her job. But she was only telling the truth as an advocate for the children. She was not telling him how wrong he was and how bad he was. And he didn't even deserve the kids. And no wonder all. She did not attack him or his character. She was not disrespectful. But she was an advocate for the children. And she told the truth. And she wanted the children to be happy so much she was going to sacrifice her job to do it. So even in finding peace and in confronting things, we don't, it's not a license to attack, to be disrespectful, or to be mean about it. It is a, a, a time to tell the truth, you know, have that permission. He engaged her in the conversation, so she had permission to, to engage on that level. But it was a difference. She confronted him with truth and advocacy and not an anger and malicious attack against his character. Very good. And on that note, my final closing. Was that three, DN? Oh, that was four. Final four. Final four. Here we go. The reason what Pastor Wendy said is, is so important is because is because, check this out, truth without grace is mean. If all you do is tell people the truth and you don't wrap it with a beautiful bow of grace, it is just mean. But grace without truth is meaningless. If all you do is grace, 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 and you know the person is out of order, your grace is meaningless. And what you have become is an enabler. Grace without truth enables bad behavior. And let me tell you how you know when you're an enabler. When helping you is hurting me. If helping you is hurting me, I have become an enabler. This Christmas... The way you can encounter and experience the peace of God relationally in every area of your life is to make the choice. I choose peace because peace is an internal decision before it is an external reality. Number two, I'm going to just be myself. Turn to your neighbor and say, do you, boo-boo. Bam. And number three, number three, don't confuse order what I can control with peace. And number and four, if your mother-in-law is sending you that bad fruitcake, <laughs> this is what you can do. Oh, sweet mama-in-law who sends me that fruitcake. I would like a pound cake this year. <laughs> you might need to switch it up because we want you to have peace with your spouse. So yeah, the fruitcake conversation, you can have it. Make this year the year, but just work your way back to no cake. So we go from fruitcake to pound, pound cake, cake, to lemon pie, to cookies. <laughs> She'll get the hint. Amen. Amen. This is what we want to do as we close. We said this would be a very merry City Church Christmas. So as we close, we invite you to join us for a moment of prayer. Before I do that, uh, Ariel Hines. Ariel Hines is in the house, another member of my team. Why don't you wave? You're all the way in your back. And she is with her boo thing, Ronald. But she calls him Ron. Ronnie, Bobby, Ricky, and I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> Ariel, good to see you. Thanks for coming out this morning. 
as we close, as we close, uh, I just want to take a moment to pray for you. Uh, that in, in this season, you will experience Christ's promise of peace. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for...